Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga. It's Bradshaw and... Me, Gianna Marie Gambino. And we are here today with your questions. This is our Q&A episode. That's a bonus episode. We have some really great questions. Um, For all of you that are listening, you can submit your questions via our website, through our personal Instagram, through Kaya's Instagram. We love to hear from you. uh, And we love to hear about what you want to learn about and what you have questions about with uh, for us. So yeah, yeah, don't forget you can reach out. And sometimes we just want to hear your funny stories too. So you can share those if you don't have a question. I'm sure. Then we could talk about their funny story. Yeah, that would be fun, right? I like that too. Well, I have a question for you before we begin. I am naked, completely Mm -hmm. naked. He's not. I'm looking at him. Um, No, but how are you doing today? How am I doing today? I'm good. Are you feeling sneaky and secretive? (laughs) Gianna like always wants to know all the things that are going on in my life and like every single day and I'm just not she is not privy to that because she doesn't even want to kiss me on the lips I'm not gonna like share I'm not gonna share information with someone who doesn't want to kiss me on the lips I don't know if we've ever said this on the podcast before but Bradshaw will be the nosiest person (laughs) he will ask you like the deepest darkest questions and like my naive and just <laughs> open-hearted ass, I guess that's what you'll say, uh, will answer these questions. And I'll be like telling him my darkest fears or whatever. And then I'll like ask him the same exact question back and be like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> that is... <laughs> and it is true. It is because, true. Because your sister confirmed it. I like once like unloaded like maybe years of childhood trauma. And I'm like, what about you? Ever experienced anything like that? And you're like, Mm, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm like, why did you ask me? I do like, feel like I share a lot with you. Okay, it's taken years. And I mean, it's your hard nut to crack. But it's very interesting to me that you want to know more and give less. It's actually not that interesting. It makes so much sense. You want to do the least in everything. And oh my, that is and get, really and, mean. And get the most. Uh, okay, it might be mean, but is it true? <laughs> it's kind of true. But here, because here's the thing, Gianna. When you're when you're a man, when you're a white gay man, you should get everything. Oh, I'm sure. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, yeah, he's obviously kidding. Everyone. I'm obviously kidding. Everyone is out there. So don't have a heart attack. <laughs> and um, if you could see him talking, you're literally going cross-eyed as you say that. Okay. Well, okay, we, let's get to the we, let's let's get to our first question. Yeah, we have a few questions, and they're all things that I'm going to have to describe because they were ca- sent to us through casual messaging on Instagram. So mm-hmm. the first question is about teaching at a yoga studio or a corporate gym where they require you to teach a certain template, a certain style and form, and specifically with vinyasa. And this can be about, um, you know, maybe the full, full template is like sequenced for you, like a plug and play, or 
a basic requirement, for example, the person who wrote into us talked about the teacher requiring to start the class in Vajrasana, or some people call it toes pose, and then include a number of salutations. And so the question is about if it's not resonating with you, how can you navigate this situation? My question to them first is like, are you a newer teacher? Because if you're a newer teacher and you've gotten hired, I would just bite the bullet and do the sequence and the form, even if it's not necessarily resonating with you. Because um, it's just like about getting the experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that it, that would be, very, I, I, if I knew, they must have known going into the. No. So side note, it was, yeah. imp, this rule was imposed after teaching there for a while. It was like a new, let's, oh, let's, let's all let, start. Like, like, let's try to make a uniform start mm -hmm, to the class. Mm -hmm. Like everyone should start in child's pose or that everyone things, should start in toes pose. And like, you know. Yeah, that makes things a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. What I would do is hopefully you have a good relationship with the studio owner or the manager and be like, hey, I've been doing this. And like, just be honest with them. Like, it, I don't feel like it's really resonating with me. Here's why. Is there anything like, is there any way that maybe I can keep the salutations, but not start in toe pose? Like, yeah. is there is there some compromise there? Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of, and I think that's really hard for this person who like, this is a requirement after getting hired, I would find that really frustrating as well, but I would just do your best to voice your opinion, be respectful to the studio owner and see if there's any common ground that you can come to. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that mo most people that are getting jobs are like, they know that there's some kind of sequencing structure that they're going to have to adhere to. Yes. For example, I think I talked about when I went out to San Francisco and started working at one studio, they were like, oh, all of our classes here include some kind of core section, mm -hmm. some kind of backbending section. And we would love for you to start with like a Dharma talk or ohm or chant or something like that. And so I knew what I was getting into mm -hmm. before I even walked into the door there. That's and that's easier though, Gina, Gianna, because that's just like hit these three points. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like just incorporate these three things and like maybe in the, yeah. you know, this part of class, this part of class, this part of class. But that's not like an entire sequence where you're oh, plugging, you know, that's yeah. a little different. As long as, in my opinion, like as long as there's some freedom to like stay true to yourself mm -hmm. and, and also it, as long as it's not the only place you teach like because mm. if that was like the only place I taught like I would find it really limiting mm. but if it's like I know that this is a consistent paycheck and I mm -hmm. enjoy the community and I can still have some semblance of like my my own style and individuality I would be more okay with it but if it's like mm -hmm. the, if it was everything I think I'd have a harder time with it um, but I would, said, oh, no, sorry, go. I just want to say, I agree with you. Like I would have a talk with the owner and see if there can be some form of compromise and just talk about why you feel like it might be limiting. Um, it's very easy to have those conversations when it's a studio with an individual owner rather than a corporate situation, mm. because I, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I've worked at a corporate place that was very, uh, templated and there was really no freedom there. And I was constantly checked up on, I, I mean, they said there was freedom, but like, there wasn't really like very, very small. It's like, Oh, so I can, I can like adapt a sun salutation B Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. I can like have fun with a sun salutation C, but everything else is kind of, um, you know, plug it, and play. Like I said, 
Is there such thing as a sun salutation C? So a sun salutation C I know traditionally is something different than what I'm using it to refer to. Uh, in like what I've learned from just like studio protocol, especially a lot of these, uh, I guess, more modern or corporate studios, they call a sun C like your side series or some people call it like the or like the heart of your class, like after all the salutations. But traditionally the sun C is actually just like a, a salutation with a anjaneyasana, less of a backbend on the lift. And it's a whole thing. Wouldn't that just be like the main part of your sequence? Yeah. You call it meat and potatoes. I call it side series. Yeah. I've I've heard other people call I'm not it asking to call things. you out. I'm just like I'm always I'm always intrigued by like what people mean when they say that. Yeah, I think it's I don't know when that term has become like, like adopted, but whatever, we won't get into that. Well, I would ask, add one more thing and then we'll move on to the next question, which is if you're doing salutations, maybe you can do some kind of lunging salutations, some kneeling salutations. Maybe you hold things for a couple more breaths. So you can maybe incorporate some variety into the salutations as well and see if that can kind of bring a little bit more of your spirit and energy into uh, your the class as well. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think that again, being transparent with your boss, explaining how you're feeling, seeing if there's some kind of middle ground would probably be your, your best bet, but that's a, that's a really good question. So he's a kind of a balancing act of being yourself and staying true to yourself. And also at the end of the day, taking home a paycheck. So, you know, there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah. And I just want to say one other thing, because I kind of brought up the corporate stuff. Like if there is no one, if there's no freedom in the structure, like I just want to say in that regard, you either have to ask yourself, is it resonating or is it not? You know, for mm. me, like it wasn't really resonating, but I do have friends and yoga teacher friends who still work at um, places where their structure is very templated and corporate entities. And for them, they're like, well, if no one's like watching me, I'm just going to do what I want. So they're like, kind of like sneaking and I'm mm -hmm, not, mm -hmm. I'm not giving this as a suggestion, but it's like, that has been their, their resolution. It's like, well, well, I'm you can also push the boundaries a little bit and then just see what happens. You know, not like you need to change up the entire sequence, but it's just like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit more of my own thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not suggesting this. I'm not saying me and yeah. Bradshaw would always advocate for having those conversations, but if it's like a corporate entity where there is no, like flexibility there mm, like some mm. of my my colleagues have been like well my classes have the highest numbers and i'm mm, packing mm. it out and i'm making sales and you know it's like so so what i don't do this thing like i'm still like that and i'm like okay just test the water see how long you could do that so if there's anyone who's listening to this that they're in that camp i just would still like advise you to ask yourself, like, is it worth it? Does it mm -hmm. resonate? Is there someone to have a conversation with that I don't know about? Or mm -hmm. is this just not the place for me? Because I think at the end of the day, that's the the deep question there is like, are you resonating with the place that you're choosing to work teach. to teach at? Because it is a two-way relationship. Like as much as you should, um, as much as the studio wants to hire teachers that will carry out and fulfill their mission, the teachers also have to resonate with what their like vibe and their, mm. you know, what their agenda is. And so don't, yeah, it's, don't it's, neglect that part of the relationship. Like you have a say. Absolutely. Okay. I think that was a good answer. We, we really solved yoga today. <laughs> um, okay. So then there was a second question and this might be like a briefer one about 
whether or not you or I set up a mat at the front of the room Mm. when we teach and the person asking the question said they don't, they always set up the mat, but they don't necessarily use it. It's there if they do want to demo stuff, but they mainly walk around the room. So yeah, I, what do you think about that? I think keep the mat. Keep yeah. the mat. If it makes you feel comfortable, keep the mat. Unless you're like, you know, taking up people's space. But like, yeah. you know, like there's, you know, you can't get any more people in the room. You got to get rid of the mat. But if that makes you feel more comfortable and like a place to go to demo sometimes, do it. It's also good. I- I've been told, I've gotten feedback that I walk around too much. Um, and I'm just Who? Like, Who gave you that feedback? Don't worry about it. But like, you know, like people- a, st- a studio or a student? You don't have to tell me who specific. On no, it's by studio from, from like, you know, people in management positions that they, that okay. I'm like, well, I think more during, and I get this kind of like more during virtual because mm-hmm. people couldn't see me. Oh, and yeah. so they wanted people to be like in the front of the room, they, not even doing it necessarily, but on the mat more, mm-hmm. um, which I think is totally fine. I think that, I, I think that if whatever works for you, having the mat, not having the mat, do it as long as you're not up there using the mat kind of as a crutch to show everything instead of cueing it. That's my only thing. Um, but yeah, I think that, that that's totally fine. I think that a lot of teachers do that and there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. And it's a place for you to feel home base, take your mat out every day, do your thing. I agree with everything you said. The only thing I'm going to add to that is that if you choose to have a mat and if you choose to like semi demo things, I would set up the mat and this is a personal preference, but I would set it up horizontally rather than vertically. So like, for example, if all of the students are are facing forward, your mat is the long way sideways. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, And that's just a personal preference because I think that like it's actually, easier to see the body though if you're demoing something. Yes. And and you could, you know, you could just flip to the front to the back depending on like which side you're on so that you're not like your back is never to them. So like for example, if you're doing a warrior 2 with the right leg forward, then just keep your face and your chest facing this class and then when you get to the other side, just face yourself the other way with the, you know, in the other direction of the long edge. Um because you never want your back to the class and and I have a big pet peeve as a student of seeing teachers backs there's I don't think people um think about this enough but when you're teaching you're talking Mm -hmm. (laughs) and your voice goes in the direction of wherever your face is Mm -hmm. so if you are facing a wall your voice is going to the wall and it's bouncing off the wall if you're if you're in a child's pose and you're demoing and you're talk you're demoing the child's pose and you're teaching your voice is going to the floor yeah unless you're mic'd or something it's very yeah, very hard to hear it, it's exactly if you are lying on your back you're talking into like the abyss of the ceiling um so you want your voice to go where you are directing the class to so if you're in a down dog and you're talking don't do the down dog like you would if this was your practice. Mm-hmm. Pick up your head. Let your mouth aim to the people in the room. That you like, it, yeah. That 
<laughs> that you like the people <laughs> you just look and talk to aim one person your, aim your mouth at the people you like in the room <laughs> so so i know this is now just like a a side point but um no i think that's a good point I like the the you just want to make sure that people can hear you when if you are demoing at the front of the room on the mat yeah and i would also i i and, like that this person who asked the question said they're not demoing the whole class i think it's important to get off the mat walk around observe your students see and your students yes yeah, see them and teach to what's in the room so Kudos to you for doing that. I think the mat there, especially if you're breaking down like an arm balance or something more tricky, it is nice to have a mat. There's times still where I never use the mat, but I'm like, oh man, I should have used a mat today. Mm -hmm. um, like yesterday I was demoing how to roll over your toes from, from up dog to down dog with like using your core, like kind of dragging mm -hmm. your feet in. I was like, I should have brought a mat. This is not comfortable. Yeah. You're like, I, you're like, my toes are bleeding, but I swear it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I so said, like, I skid the tops of my feet. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that all of that is good advice. And I think that like you saying it makes you feel, you know, secure to teach. Then I say, great. I think that's that's a good that's a good little security blanket to have. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Use your mat. Make sure people can hear you. And I think you're good to go. Yeah. OK, we solved another. We're, I'm, we're actually killing it. We're saying it. The last question I'm excited to answer. Okay. So this question comes from a studio manager. Mm -hmm. um, I, he's gay, right? This is the gay studio manager. <laughs> so gay. Um, okay. So, you know, between me and you, before I even get to the question, you know how some studios it require stu uh, prospective teachers to like be part of the community. And we talked about this yes. on that episode yeah. or they require you to like take a certain number of classes. Mm -hmm. This is one of those studios. So the question comes with that kind of caveat. Okay. So here's the question. As someone who does the hiring at a yoga studio, I've had people contact me looking for jobs and expecting to have uh, the classes comped, should prospective yoga teachers practice at that studio for free? No. Okay. My, so my, I, my answer is no. What is your answer? I think if you are scouting the teacher, it would be nice. That's that's very very okay. I'm yes that that yes that's the. I totally agree with you. If you are looking for a teacher, you're like, I want this teacher to come teach at my space. You should absolutely comp them the class. If this is a teacher that's 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 just you know reaching out to you, being like, I want to teach at your studio. Can you comp me ten classes or whatever? Absolutely not. No, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Not in a million years. But you know what I do think, and no. I agree. I absolutely agree with not, you. No. <laughs> I agree with you. But do you know what I do think? Before, because I know what it's like to be a yoga teacher who needs a job. I also know what it's like to not have that much money to spend on yoga when you need a job. It's like if I like right now I'm, I'm rebuilding. It's like I really can't spend the little money that I'm making on more yoga because even if I get those yoga jobs, I'm never going to be living like a life of luxury. Like I'm, I'm like taking mm. from a different area of my life to invest in that area. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah. what I'm, what I'm saying is if you are, I think as a studio manager, if you are in, if you are hiring 
a teacher and you expect them to be part of the community and pay for those classes, I would think you should audition them first Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't, that's also a good idea. That's a good idea. Cause maybe they're amazing. Or, or maybe, yeah, maybe they're great. Maybe you want to hire them, but you're like, Hey, you still need to take these classes and be part of the community. Like I would rather spend, you know, the little money I have or the harder money that I'm trying to make on those 10 classes, especially when they're like $30 a class. Mm. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. That's $300. So I'd rather invest that $300 if I know that like, I'm probably getting the job, but if it's like there, I stand no chance and, or, or not that I stand no chance, but like if the competition is going to be slim, this is a really selective place. Like if I'm a full-time yoga teacher, I'm just might not be able to invest in that place. And here's the thing. Cause I, I did go back and forth with this person on Instagram talking and they were like, well, don't you think yoga teachers should be practicing somewhere? They have to, they should be practicing somewhere anyway. So they should be paying for those classes. And this is like a yes or and a no for me. 100% yes. Yoga teachers should be practicing. You should be practicing somewhere. You should have a mentor. You should have, if not a daily practice, a weekly practice, 100%. And we all ebb and flow. We had a whole episode about this, but you should be investing in your own studentship and learning and growth. However, if you're already teaching, you might already get a free membership from that other studio. So it's like, why pay? Like if I'm already getting a free membership at this one place that I teach at once or twice, three times. Why pay? Yeah. Why why am I going to pay for the other one? So it is really convoluted. It is a hard question to answer but i think the solution is hold like it a- depends on the teacher it depends like it depends on this it's very situational give me an example how well, would it we- depend it would depend i mean it would depend on is this a person reaching out that really wants to teach there that you had no interest in teaching there or is this someone that you are trying to recruit to come and teach there those are two very different circumstances yes but i would argue that the person that you're trying to recruit, you already are familiar with and you already know them. Yeah, that's and, true. And so you might have taken their class somewhere else. You are obviously interested in them in another, from another avenue. Mm. But if this is someone who's trying to get a job there, say it's like me and I moved to town and, and I didn't know the studio and I, you know, I was new, I would never expect to have those classes for free. I think the expecting it free or maybe even just like assuming it could like be really a turnoff. It shows like an entitlement to the teacher. Mm -hmm. But I think to go back to the solution I propose is like, because they might not know me and how I teach, just audition me right away or do a group audition so it doesn't take so much of your personal time. Do something where you're like, you can kind of like, level them up be like yes we're interested now take these 10 classes and then we'll have like a one-on-one audition something like that there should be some kind of gauge because i don't think that yoga teachers necessarily have the funds to be spending on more yoga and if they need a job they need a job for a reason Mm -hmm. not to get even more layered but like it depends (laughs) 
person who's getting the job? Is this some person who's just their side hustle and they want to teach one class a week or is this like a full-time teacher? But that may be too much to kind of delve into if someone's just sending well, you an email. I, but that is kind of a good point, Bradshaw, because like we know some teachers who like are lawyers during the day and teach like four classes a week or they, mm. you know, and so like those lawyers, yes, they can pay for that. They, they have a different source of income, but like me as a full-time teacher moving to a new city, it's like, I'm searching for work. I can't pay for your 10 classes. Yeah, I, actually I, agree. Don't, yeah, yeah. I can't pay for well, groceries. I, and, like, and I will say, I will say this, and this, you know, may be a little controversial, but I, I do believe that the people that are doing this full-time should get priority. And sometimes I feel like there's some people who kind of just do this as a side gig, which is totally fine. It's totally fine to teach yoga, not full-time. Absolutely fine. I but think it's that, like they, go on, sorry. I just think that sometimes with part-time teachers, it's like, you know, if a part-time teacher was like, I want to teach one class so, like a week here and I want 10 classes for free, I'd be like, absolutely not. No. But if there was someone who's like, I teach full-time, this is what I do for a living, I would more likely give them free classes. And I also, if I was a studio manager, would give classes to people that are doing it full-time over people that are one, either have dual income, so their partner works and they work, and wait, then they're teaching wait, wait, wait. You're getting so specific, and I feel like this is obviously because of your personal experience, but, and I, and I can agree with you in a sense, because as a full-time teacher, especially in the pandemic, I felt like it was really sad when we had a downsize and like part-time teachers who had mm. other sources of income, dual income, were getting more virtual classes than me. And I'm like, oh my God, my career is about to like actually disappear. Um, so I get it. I get it. But I also don't think we can use full-time or part-time as a measure of someone's ability to be to a really good teacher because yeah, I true, know part-time teachers who are way better than some full-time teachers yeah yeah, yeah. and so it, it's like it's, it's like fair point. but it's not fair yeah you're right I There's take some... it back yeah that's a really good point and I think that it's a good thing to to bring up you know you and I obviously don't have all the answers but I think that it's a good thing to to discuss and ponder I think it's also a good conversation. I know we're like kind of flip-flopping and there's so much nuance and back and forth here because I think that's kind of how this field is. Like something should, <laughs> there's got to be a little bit of um, of support for teachers, especially if they are teaching full-time. There has to be some support there, uh, especially if you're interested in them. So I don't. we don't have all the answers. Just know it is like a very interesting debate. I personally would advise that solution of like, just do a group audition, move them up to the next level. Then mm. if you told me like, oh, you're in level two of auditions or whatever, make it up. Then I'd be more likely to feel like investing that $300 in or whatever. And I'm making up $300. It could be, you could have $20 drop-ins, whatever it is. But like, I'd be more happy to spend that money if I know that there's a chance to get in the door. Whereas if it feels like, one in a million. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm already teaching at this place or that place. And I could already take yoga there. Then I'm not going to do it. So that's the summary of it. Um, Sorry to be a broken record. I just wanted to make sure I laid it out concisely. You're not Gianna, you're not a broken record. You're a beautiful Italian girl from New York. You're you are extremely unique. You have a lovely vision of artwork. You, she used to be a painter. She went to Carnegie Mellon. She's had beautiful paintings, and we're happy that you're here. Um, but can I anyone really... can anyone who's listening guess what Bradshaw studied in college? I think we're just going to leave it open ending. You're not going to tell him. 
You're going to let her lay. This is why I don't open up. This is why I don't up to her. Open up to her. Prime example. She's trying to expose me as a complete and utter educational. You're jealous because I'm smart. You are smart. Definitely not jealous, but I'm not (laughs) trying to make fun of you or expose you. I'm just wondering if anyone could like, I think it's a fun game. What did you study in college? I, I'll tell you later, but we, um, we, lo- we really do love answering your questions. And these are, uh, these questions, I feel like we're great this week. So please reach out to, out to us. We appreciate your questions, everyone. Thank you for submitting them. Keep submitting them. We do have just a few announcements before we let you go. Remember we are going to Nicaragua. I don't even think you should forget it for a second. Nicaragua, 2024. We're doing a retreat. We've got some spots for the retreat. And then in March, 2024, we're doing our 200 hour training. So if all of this talk about teaching yoga and getting hired and money and being uh, controlled and your sequencing and all of that and using a mat, if that sounds like something that you want to do, (laughs) that you want to be a part of now, I'm joking, but not joking. Like if this is your passion, if you have a calling, if you have any questions, check out our program, go to our website, kayayogaschool.com. And then it's under the YTT section. Check it out. Let us know if you have questions about it. We want you to come with us and we want to work with you. So We've got many offerings and I will also offer to hold you at night as a friend. <laughs> and um, you're like Bradshaw from the funny thing about yoga is coming over tonight. He's going to hold me before I go to bed. Um, so we yeah. hope we made you laugh. We hope you learned something and we'll talk to you soon. Have a lovely evening, everyone, or whatever time you're watching this, listening to this. Bye-bye.